King Wave, Fox Beard, Locker's acting very weird. Captain Pike, Cisco's wife, Klingons and the afterlife. Boimler, Tendy's dog, Ransom is very hot. Four Drive, Black Alert, Giorgio has gone berserk. Teacher, bad left, Edward is an idiot, Fox is dead, Wolf is wed, Chekhov's wearing red. Peter's cat, Kim Peck's hat, Q has had enough of that, beam me up, make it so, everybody let's go. We are Well, good evening, Trekkers around the globe. It is Thursday night, October 13th, 2002. It is 7.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time, which means we are live, which means you can let your fingers do your walking and call Trek Talking at 646-668-2433. We would love to hear from you guys. We have a great show planned for you tonight. Of course, we're going to be talking about Star Trek Lower Decks episode, A Mathematically Perfect Redemption. Uh, But more than that, we have our New York City Comic-Con coverage, and there's a lot to talk about. We have a Discovery Season 5 first look trailer. We have the mid-season trailer for Prodigy and a brand new Star Trek Picard, the final season trailer. We're going to play all three of those trailers for you and discuss them in great length and detail. But wait, there's more. We also have convention calendar, 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 fan shout outs, fan scores of last week's episode, and Shatner says, what? As well as Star Trek birthdays. So settle in. We're going to have some fun. But first, I want to introduce to you guys my Trek experts. We don't have our trifecta from Portland tonight because Eric is flying on a jet plane uh, to Phoenix, Arizona, maybe Tacoma. I don't know. Uh, but he's not with us. So also, we do have from Portland our very own donut slash macaroni guy, David. How you doing, David? I'm uh, just kind of a sleep still. I kind of woke up a little late today and uh, still kind of groggy, so I'm a good now. Yeah, well, this, this show will wake you up. We have a lot of Trek talking for tonight. And we also have hailing from Portland as well, our very own Paul the Toy slash Wine Guy. How you doing, Paul? Brother, I'm doing great. It is a high-energy day. A lot of stuff cranking in the wind today. I've been at it since the, before the break of dawn, and it's <laughs> no sign of stopping, brother. So things are good. All kinds it's of Friday good stuff in the Eve. wind today. Exactly. Friday, Friday Eve. Eve it is, my friend. So that'll be good. And also, hailing from Las Vegas, we have our very own Charles. How you doing tonight, Charles? I'm doing good. I guess Eric's leaving on a jet plane. Yep. I'm not, where is, is they, I don't know where he's I going. Anyone know where he's going? I, I didn't hear he was leaving. So if he's heading towards uh, Arizona, Phoenix area, then he's going to enjoy the same heat we are getting. He Still is getting actually nice. going to the lovely land of Wisconsin. Oh, uh, Wisconsin. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I don't think he's got the desert. <laughs> 
He's off to Wisconsin. Different points of the compass. It'll be cooler in Wisconsin. It won't be in the 90s in Wisconsin. I hope. Now, that's the cheese heads, right? Are the cheese heads in Wisconsin? Yes. I I think they may be. I think they may be. But according to Eric, while we're speaking and having this very sentence be spoken right here, right now, he's actually airborne at this very moment. So that's why he's not able to join us. (laughs) He's not able to join us. He's got a phenomenal excuse. So we'll just have to serve him proud in in his stead. Yeah. So we're going to have to try to fill his shoes. Um, My big news, though, that I want to share with all you guys right now – my my Trexperts heard it before the show, uh, so they're actually hearing it for the second time. But you guys are hearing it for the first time. Uh, we have a brand new website set up, and our new web address is www.trektalking.com. That's right, trektalking.com. You don't have to go anywhere else but there, trektalking.com. I'll say it one more time, trektalking.com. Um, you go to trucktalking.com and at trucktalking.com, you will find a link to our Facebook page. You will find a link to our YouTube page. You will find a link to our Instagram and a link to our Twitter. There's also a new button on there, which allows you guys, if you're not listening to us live right now, which is fine, because I know the majority of our listeners don't because of the time zone differences and, or, you know, the continental divide and whatnot. So that's fine. You can still interact with us live, which is the coolest thing. So normally you would call 646-668-2433 and yours truly uncle Jim would say hello. And we would be talking right now. But if you can't do that, if you're not listening on Thursday night, if it's Tuesday or Sunday or Wednesday or whatever day, you can go to our face or to our, our new website, trucktalking.com. In the bottom right-hand corner, you see a little microphone. You click on that microphone, and you have 13 seconds to leave us a message. And I will download those messages and play them on the show as a soundbite. So even if you're in Australia, for instance, you can still be part of the show. So you can just go to trucktalking.com and leave us a message, and I will play it on the very next show. So that's pretty cool. Um, I've also added a section on our, on our co-host, which is currently being built. Uh, the only one that's there right now is just me. Uh, but we're, we'll get everybody else added on there as well. And we also have a page on there for donations where you guys can help us out. And that's all, all set up. We're also looking at a sponsors page. We don't have any right now, but I'm working on this. So once we do, you'll be able to visit all of our wonderful sponsors once we get that up and running. So the the, the website is growing, and I think it's growing in the right direction. So uh, please head on over there, trucktalking.com, and uh, check it out. Leave us a message and let me know what you think. It really means a lot to me. So with that out of the way, it is time for our fan shout-outs. And for the fan shout-outs, I used to tell you guys to go to our Facebook page, but now you can go to trucktalking.com, click on the Facebook link, and go right to our Facebook page. You don't have to have that extra step. So trucktalking.com is pretty cool. Trucktalking.com. I like the ring of it. Trucktalking.com. Anyways, 
as you will see at the top of the page, Live Long and Prosper. And all you need to do is click there and tell us where you're listening from. Each week, yours truly, Uncle Jim, picks 20 lucky listeners. If you see a heart next to your name, you want to tune into the next podcast because your name is going to be mentioned live and on the air. And uh, normally at this part of the show, we would turn to Eric to get us started, but Eric is flying on a jet plane. So, Paul, who do we start off with this week? Well, thank you, Uncle Jim. We have all kinds of folks across the globe we like to extend our greetings to who are devoted uh, fans of the show and listeners and devoted Trek experts. First of all, flying a mighty uh, live long and prosper hand sign from Lise in the Netherlands, we have Mitch Lucas, who has given us a mighty shout out there. So, Mitch, fantastic to hear from you. Thank you so much for being a fan. Uh, a little further uh, next door from the Netherlands in Germany, we have Iona Lankutis. And I always love it when we have fans who have names that sound so cool. They sound themselves like they could be Star Trek characters. Iona Lankutis. That sort of has a interstellar alpha quadrant ring to it, wouldn't you say? From, uh, from wonderful Germany. <laughs> Fantastic. In Poland, uh, representing with the Polish flag flying proudly, uh, Johanna Gertzlach. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, Johanna, but uh, thank you so much. What a fantastic country you live in. Um, wonderful fan, and uh, thank you for reaching out and saying hello. And then from Sweden, I have this wonderful European thing going on here today, and I absolutely love it. All these countries I would love to spend time in. From Sweden, we have Malin Svensson who is uh, saying hello, all these fantastic folks all across the globe who are Trek talking fans, who are Star Trek fans, who are sharing the ideals and spreading the love. So thanks for shouting out and saying hello to us. We completely are thrilled to have you being part of our family. Charles, who do you have going on that you want to shout out to? Well, let's start off with Jim and Rose. Neblet, Neblet, and Colorado. Stephen Hunter from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. James Hulk from Pennsylvania. And Scott Hammond from the Gold Coast in Australia. David, who's on your list? All right. Uh, looks like we've got Jody Bear from Pennsylvania, U.S. Next on the list is Amy Roll from San Marcos, California. Got a top fan here, Bill Perch from Cleveland, Ohio. Last on my list is Jessica Bannister from Houston, Texas, although I think it might be pronounced Houston. I don't know. Paul, back to well, you. Well, it all depends if, if you're Zod from Superman 2, it's Houston. Um, who are you in Planet Houston? Houston. <laughs> so, I love that. I just watched that. I just watched that the other day. That's why that was in my head. <laughs> Houston. <laughs> That's one of my favorite. I, I, you know, I love, I love him. I love Christopher Reed as as Superman. And that's one of my favorite movies. So that was on the tip of my tongue. You know, Terrence Stamp is still alive, man. Wouldn't it be great to be able to get a hold of that guy and say, let's do an entire General Zod movie that's just nothing but General Zod in his old age? I would, I would pay a huge sums of money to see that movie. 
I, I didn't really care for the general Zod that they had in the other Superman movie that was out. He didn't right, have right. the same vibe, uh, uh, you know. But but he did say it that way, though, David. Houston is the way <laughs> General Zod said it in Superman. All so. right. I got your Houston. <laughs> oh, it all depends on your pronunciation. And, uh, Paul, I guess we're jumping back to you again. I like it, man. I like playing tennis like this, going back and forth. I like it even more when we just go off the rails and start talking about movies and TV. <laughs> it's like my favorite show dynamic, the sudden aside. But I got more shout-outs here uh, from all over the world, which I absolutely love. Um, from Croatia, with the flag billowing proudly, we have Jurika Mandik. And I'm probably mispronouncing part of that, Eureka, or Jurika. I think it's Eureka. Uh, but, so my apologies there, but uh, fabulous to see that you are uh, a fan of all things Trek. Great to hear from you. And also a huge shout-out uh, to this fan with Live Long and Prosper sign proudly displayed. It is Anthony Bygrave from the fine city of Norwich in Norfolk, England. So thank you, Anthony. It is absolutely wonderful. A lot of my relatives hail from England uh, on my side of the family here. So got to feel that kinship, brother. So wonderful to uh, hear from you. I just realized I said Anthony, and it's probably pronounced Anthony, because in England, of course, we say it that way. So Anthony, forgive me, my friend, and uh, Anthony Bygrave in Norwich, Norfolk. Also, a wonderful uh, communication here from Arthur J. Blyler, Jr. in Wiltz, Luxembourg. A fantastic part of the universe there. Wiltz, Luxembourg, Arthur J. Blyler, thank you so much for being a fan of the show, sir. And finally, for me, in Sapsborg in Norway, we have fan Steinar Berger in Norway there. I got to put that Steinar in top three places on this planet I would go to. I have a friend from Norway is always showing me photographs of phenomenal villages and alpine slopes and just magical places there. I guarantee you at some point I will find my way into that magical land. So thank you all for reaching out to us and spending time in the Trek Talking universe. It always makes the world feel a little bit more closer, uh, a little bit more togetherness when we see how many fans there are spread across the globe. Jim, how about you? And just on a little sidebar, while we're talking about superhero movies, uh, Ant-Man, the name of his aunt in the first Ant-Man movie was Antony, if you remember. Um, he uh, named his aunt Antony, not Anthony. I love it. Antony. So, Antony. You know, little... you know, a pun, uh, English appropriation and a pun. You got to love it. So, <laughs> yeah, it was, you know, I, I've been watching superhero movies. What can I tell you? All right, guys. So uh, our final uh, couple of fan shout-outs. First, we want to say uh, thank you and kapla to John Mackey, who's listening to us in Glasgow, Scotland, waving the flag. And that's where my grandmother came from, Glasgow, Scotland, moved to Brooklyn, New York, way back in the roaring 20s. So thank you for listening, John. We have top fan James H. McCoy from Flora, Indiana. And how do you become a top fan? You just go to our Facebook page and interact, and you too can be a top fan, just like James. So thank you for listening, James. We want to say live long and prosper to Carrie Gross, who's listening in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. And our final kapla goes out to Richard Gomez, Jr., who's listening to us in the Lone Star State of Texas. 
Now, as I said at the top of the show, guys, if you go to our new uh, website, trucktalking.com, that's right, you heard it, I'm going to say it again, trucktalking.com, I'm proud of that. Um, There's a little microphone in the corner. You can record a message for us. You can tell us your name and where you're calling from. And instead of reading your name on the show, I'll play it on the show so people can hear it in your own native tongue. Isn't that cool? I think that's pretty cool. So that's just another level that you guys can interact with us. Okay. So that wraps up our fan shout outs, guys. And now it's time for our Star Trek birthdays. So that means we have to hear from Grumpy Wharf. That was not a Klingon song. All right, guys, this is the part of the show where we wish our Star Trek members a happy birthday. We always start off with those who, sadly enough, are no longer with us. And I think this part of the show is fun because we get an opportunity to not only look back at these great Star Trek episodes that we've had over the past 57 years, some of the great characters that have been created, but the actors that bring them to life for us and some of the other accomplishments that they've had in their career. So we always start off with those members of our Star Trek family who, sadly enough, are no longer with us. And for that, we turn to Eric. But Eric is flying on a jet plane and isn't with us, so instead we're going to turn to Paul. So, Paul, who are we remembering tonight? And the first one that's up is a, is, is a big one for me. Absolutely, Uncle Jim, because I know how you are, man. You've got to be true to your school, and your school is Klingon University, without question, right? And this one is one of the, 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 the most indelible members of the Klingon universe I can think of, uh, the great Barbara March, okay, who portrayed Sister Lursa of Lursa and Betor, one of the infamous Duras sisters in uh, classic Next Gen episodes, Redemption, Part 1 and 2, Firstborn, uh, Deep Space Nine episode, past prologue, and in uh, Star Trek Generations, a feature film. Absolutely amazing. Uh, I did not realize until this that Barbara March had passed. I didn't know that she had uh, had passed away, uh, so I'm kind of a little sad about that. Uh, sounds like we lost her in 2019, uh, right probably at the start of the pandemic, but uh, she is just an indelible uh, figure in Star Trek lore. Um, Lurs and Bator together, all those different appearances there. I know she's, in addition to the ones we mentioned, she's also been in like uh, video games like Klingon Honor Guard. Uh, she's just inextricably part of the uh, Star Trek universe has also done many, many different TV appearances, including shows like uh, Night Heat, uh, Blood Ties, LA Law, uh, all over the place. Uh, great actress. And I'm proud to say I own a, uh, a highly coveted uh, Lursa action figure. Well, I have both. I have Lursa and Vator, but uh, that's how much my affection extends for the Duras sisters, okay? But uh, absolutely know, wonderful I, person. And uh, wow, I, she, she, we'd never seen female Klingons that much until then, right, Jim? Oh, and, and, and I never had the pleasure of meeting her at a convention. 
she never came anywhere near where I could get to. So I never had the opportunity to meet her before she passed away, which is sad because I think she's one of the great Klingon villains. And I think they wasted a great opportunity by killing both of them in generations because they would have been great villains to have lurking in the shadows of, but no, oh, without question. It was, they were great villains. And for yeah. you guys who don't know, Lurser is not the cute one. The, the Klingon joke is that Bator was the cute one. Um, <laughs> but I don't know by what standard, but <laughs> Bator was the cute one. <laughs> so I would say that say. you can go with that until you get to the subject of teeth, Uncle Jim. And then you're yeah. <laughs> it's like a whole yeah. other Another realm entirely, entirely. Yeah. But it's a, what a incredible acting challenge that the two of them, you know, face together, you know, to portray these characters. Because prior to this, we had seen Klingons as being almost completely male, right? Such masculine, aggressive characters. And so, like, here, here's your challenge. What is a female Klingon like? I mean, I'm sure as an actor, that was like, wow, uh, a real challenge and a bit of a head scratcher, right? But the two of them together really created such a strong sense of what that would be like. Right. And, uh, and so well, and, and, and everybody else who's ever, I think, you know, dipped their toe into getting cast as a Klingon has had to sort of look to uh, Lursa and Bator in terms of like, how do we, how do we tackle this? Cause they set the bar and they set it beautifully. So wherever you set sail to Barbara March, thank you for creating such an incredibly uh, magnificent, rich legacy for the Klingons, for the female Klingons in our world. So we remember you fondly. So thank you so much. Also, in terms of our remembrances right now, we have a, a few other folks who have uh, gone before us that we want to make sure we're uh, spending time to acknowledge. Uh, actor Dallas Mitchell uh, in the original series episode Charlie X played Lieutenant Tom Nellis on that episode, uh, an incredibly uh, prolific actor with uh, tons and tons of credits. A lot of shows in particular from like the 70s uh, where it was, I can't even begin to count. Uh, Rockford Files, uh, $6 million man, one of my favorites, Kojak, SWAT, the FBI, Mannix, Mission Impossible, the Mod Squad, Ironside. I mean, I don't think this cat ever took a day off. It seems like just constant working. Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, Gunsmoke. I mean, all these, uh, you know, the shows that a lot of us <clears throat> uh, of a certain vintage grew up with, right? And uh, this, uh, this is no exception. So, of course, to be able to add Star Trek to your uh, legacy as well just shows that you were impossible to miss. And so one of those actors who's just constantly part of the fabric of 60s and 70s television. So thanks, Dallas Mitchell. We remember you. We also would like to uh, extend a hearty uh, remembrance to actor Jason Wingreen. Uh, I, I love to stick with the original series, right? And uh, we have a lot of original series here today. Um, in The Empath was Dr. Link in that particular episode. Uh, a lot of people uh, are, are really compelled by that episode. It's a very strange, very unusual original series episode. But, uh, but people remember it. Uh, Jason Wingreen was in a ton of television, uh, a lot of work, uh, in particular in uh, a show called Archie Bunker's Place that you may have watched, a kind of a sequel to All in the Family, uh, was a recurring character on that show, uh, played a lot of different parts. Um, 
I think it's really important to point this out because Jason Wing Green has an important legacy in science fiction that I uh, think is important to call out because it's pretty amazing. All right. In <laughs> there's all kinds of revisionist history in science fiction, but in particular the Star Wars universe. And I'm one of these guys who's a fan of both Star Trek and Star Wars, right? And for those of you who are like-minded and you remember The Empire Strikes Back, uh, before uh, Tamara Morrison got involved, uh, Boba Fett sounded very different. He had a little bit more of a gruffer, kind of rougher voice. More like Richard Boone almost, right? But in the original Episode 5, The Empire Strikes Back, the original Boba Fett voice, for which he was uncredited, sorry to say, that voice work was done by actor Jason Wingreen, which is just mind-boggling. Because given a chance to watch either version of uh, <laughs> that movie, I'm going with the original. Why? Because I love that voice. He was just way more hardcore. Sorry, Demura, but... Uh, yeah, you can't beat the original. And uh, fantastic job. So we salute you, sir, in the great beyond. Uh, wherever you may be, <laughs> we, we salute you and uh, acknowledge your work and glad you're part of the Star Trek and Star Wars universes, which is pretty cool. I'm super excited about this next one. Um, uh, I love the unsung heroes of science fiction. Uh, to me, they're some of the folks who are absolutely just, you, you never forget them. And uh, super crazy, crazy fans of uh, 60s television will know the name Janos Prohaska. <laughs> right? Well, a lot of times you may not, Janos Prohaska could walk in any bar or restaurant in uh, Los Angeles and no one's going to recognize him, right? Because it's almost always costume work for Janos, right? He started off as a stuntman and would very often play characters or monsters where he had to get into a costume to play them. Okay? Um, and wow, did he cut a swath through the original series episodes, okay? In The Devil in the Dark, it was Jonas Prohaska who got down on his hands and knees to play the Horda. Okay? Shuffling around with that crazy costume on top of him. He played the ape-like Mogato in A Private Little War and... Uh, my favorite rock monster of all time, Yarnak, the Excalibian from <laughs> the Savage Curtain. Does my body temperature displease you, Captain Kirk? This <laughs> is great. So Janos Prohaska was amazing, man. He did all of those parts and more. And if you look at his credits from shows like uh, The Lucy Show, Perry Mason, uh, uh, The Outer Limits, which is one of my favorite sci-fi shows of all time. It pretty much goes to say that during the period of the 60s and the early 70s, if you needed a guy to play a gorilla, you'd call Janos Prohaska because this guy was played a gorilla in like 100 different things. It's crazy. You needed a big guy who knew how to move convincingly and perform with his body, you called Janos, right? And he is a fixture. You don't recognize him because he's in costume all the time. But man, this cat did a lot of science fiction and a lot of television. So pretty impressive stuff. He really brought it. And, uh, and Star Trek fans, if you don't know the original Outer Limits from the early 60s, holy moly, it is, stands right next to Star Trek. It's one of the great science fiction shows of all time. The writing and the mood of it is out of control. Absolutely worth discovering if you have never watched it. 
slap out some Blu-rays and check that out because it is amazing. So, wow, what a career you had, former stuntman Jonas Prochaska. Um, you had a quite a life. I know a lot of things. Uh, uh, passed away in unexpected ways, as you mentioned. Uh, Janos and his son were killed along with 34 others in 1974 when uh, Sierra Airlines plane uh, crashed in California during the middle of production. And uh, the plane flew into a mountain ridge in the middle of the night, and uh, they never really determined uh, the cause of that. But uh, he left a mighty shadow in the world of television and uh, – and disappeared with as much drama as many of the characters he lived in. So uh, a real name to remember, uh, Star Trek fans, uh, Janos Prohaska. And finally for me, I'd like to send a great big shout-out to actor Paul Kent. Any Ratha Khan fans out there? Uh, I think there might be one or two. Um, Paul Kent played in Star Trek II The Ratha Khan, Commander Beach in that episode another one of these actors who's just mopping the floor with their credits from everything from the west wing to frazier to santa barbara to falcon crest to tj hooker where he got to work with shatner again um uh, lou grant you name it so a prolific actor these are the journeyman actors who make television and film, something special, who are able to inhabit a tons of different roles, who very often toil away in anonymity and never get really appreciated. And so if we're doing one little bit of service on uh, Trek Talking uh, from week to week, it's take a couple minutes out of our day and just pause to recognize these unsung heroes of uh, film and television and say, thank you. We see you. And even though you've gone beyond, we still appreciate your work and we delight in what you uh, brought to light with your craft. So it was a wonderful, wonderful thing to be able to have a moment to celebrate these things. This is always Eric's turf, and I feel honored to have a chance to spend a night uh, doing this uh, as well, because we love paying homage uh, and respect to those who have gone on before us. And with that, let's turn the page to those who are still among the living and uh, will acknowledge birthdays with my friend Charles. Charles, take it away, sir. All right. Let's chart off. <coughs> Sorry with John Laperiano, who played Oberist in Boys, Year of Hell 1 and 2. Only had a few roles he did and quite a few soap opera works. Rosalind Lander appeared in TNG's episode Up the Long Letter as Brianna O'Dell. She started off as a childhood actress, but you look at her trivia, and I thought this was interesting. She has done over 250 audiobooks. She is a very prolific audio reader. I was looking through some of her titles. Most I don't recognize, but there's a couple of Terry Brooks that I probably would love to read one of these days. Brad Greenquest appeared in Voice Warlord as Damon and and okay, yeah, confusing. And uh, as Crit on DS9's episode was on Warlord as Damon Ants, as Crit on DS9 Two Moons from Morn, and Enterprises Dawn as Katon Zyar. James Harper appeared in DS9's The Passenger as Roe. Vanka, 
John Christian's Grass appeared in D- uh, D- TNG's Disaster as Jay Gordon. But I think the role that caught my attention is the fact between 90, 90 and 95, he played Linus Van Pelt three times. And as Jim knows, I'm a big Peanuts fan. Adam Rayan appeared in TNG's Brothers as Willie Pot. Only acted in the very early 90s and then moved on to writing for a few things. Benita Friderisi played the scientist Rooney and a born drone in Enterprise episode Regeneration. Lauren Rathier, who played Judge Q in Voice episode Q2. And in this one, I am very surprised Jim gave me this one. I think he'd want this one for himself. But a very big happy birthday to Scott Bakula, who played Jonathan Archer, captain on Enterprise. Also appeared in quite a few major series like Quantum Leap, NCIS, NCIS New Orleans, and probably you guys could list a dozen others. Otherwise, Paul, who's on your list? Thanks, man. I'm back again. It's like deja vu all over again. First of all, a massive happy birthday. (laughs) Oh, man. To the legendary, the legend, Ben Vereen, who you may know from the Next Gen episode interface as the father of Jordy LaForge. And how perfect is that casting? But Ben Vereen is a legend, and there is simply no other way to express it. Uh, What an incredible career that he's had from, especially during the 60s and 70s, did a ton of incredible work on stage and off. Um, But a lot of people uh, will know Ben Vereen from the phenomenal movie All That Jazz, uh, the great uh, Bob Fosse performance with Roy Scheider, a huge part of that. Um, Fans of... uh, the mid-70s television, a legendary show called Roots that I think a lot of people would know. Um, played Chicken George Moore in that show as well. He's been on Grey's Anatomy. Uh, it's just ridiculous try, to even begin to try to do justice to uh, Ben Vereen's career. Um, but legend is <laughs> about the only word that's appropriate. Um, happy birthday, sir. I hope you are enjoying your, uh, your golden years and uh, enjoying them well. Happy birthday also to actor Carol Daniels. Now, uh, just a few minutes ago, we talked about uh, Yarnick, the rock creature on the Savage Curtain. I love that episode. Well, Carol Daniels played Zora in that same original series episode with the crazy eyebrows and the hair who did crazy experimentations. She was like a, uh, like a Catherine the Great type of character, just totally out of control. You know, one of those things we never really got a lot of... Uh, context of who Zora was other than a sentence of description about her nefarious witch-like experiments but Carol Daniels that's what I like about an actor right it's like she had that part had I think next to zero dialogue maybe one or two lines of dialogue most but you cannot forget her it was indelible 
and absolutely great. That's what a great actor can do. Happy birthday also to Lois Jewell. In the original series episode, Bread and Circuses, that crazy uh, Roman modern uh, nonsense with uh, yet another starship captain who went bad. In that original series episode, she played Drusilla, who was sort of, uh, how can I say it politically correct, uh, kind of a, a loaned companion <laughs> to Captain Kirk because it seemed like he was cooperating with everyone for a while there. So she kind of brought him some grapes and some wine and hung out. And uh, Lois Jewell, you are definitely remembered, my friend. So happy birthday to you. And what a, what a part to be in the Star Trek world. And finally, oh, not finally, almost finally, I'm going out of order here. What's wrong with me? I can't keep track of my list. Actor Richard Chavez, okay? Actor Richard Chavez in uh, the Voyager episode Tattoo played the Earth Sky Spirit in that episode, which is a very unusual name for a character, right? Also played Lieutenant Colonel Ironhorse in the television series War of the Worlds. That's got a big cult following that a lot of people enjoyed. But I will always remember Richard Chavez from the phenomenal 1987 classic Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, Predator. <laughs> okay, Get to the Predator. Get to the chopper. <laughs> the chopper. <laughs> if it bleeds, we can kill it. Okay, Richard Chavez played Poncho in that movie, right? And that movie. Let me tell you, it holds up so, so well. Um, absolutely cool. Um, he also was in the, the great Harrison Ford uh, flick, Witness. A lot of people forget about Witnesses, a Peter Weir film, but uh, absolutely amazing. All right. I know he's been on Voyager as well, uh, MacGyver. We'd mentioned War of the Worlds. But Predator, man, that's a, that's a big credit to have on your list there. So pretty fantastic. And to close out my segment here, uh, I'd love to uh, extend huge happy birthday greetings to, I imagine, this actor. She's sitting in a bar someplace right now, opening something very expensive, is my guess. But <laughs> actress Ito Igharia, who played Guinan on most recent Picard season, right? Absolutely fantastic. Ito Aguiare who played Guinan. Now, there's a character you can be proud to say that you contributed to the uh, Star Trek legacy there. So all kinds of folks, uh, you always just have to wonder when you're reading this list, where are they? What are they doing? Are they at home? Are they in bars? Are they celebrating? Are they doing nutsy things with other celebrities? How are they celebrating their birthdays this week as we do this show? Who knows? But it's fun to imagine, and it's great to acknowledge them. And with that, we pass the microphone birthday candle over to Jim. Well, I'll tell you, Paul. They're going to trektalking.com and listening to this show. That's what they're doing. What else would they be doing? (laughs) Right? Of course they are. They are so hammered, they are actually logging on and leaving uh, voice messages to us that we'll play on next week's show. (laughs) That's right. You never know. (laughs) I can't wait, man. I don't want to hear what Ben Vereen has to say. He goes, you guys are crazy, man. (laughs) You're not. (laughs) I'm ready to hear them. We're ready to take your call. I've got a couple of birthdays, not a lot. Um, We want to say happy birthday to the awesome Lulu Wilson. Uh, She was most recently, well, she was in um, uh, um, um, Annabelle, actually, um, a a horror movie. But she played Kestra Troy Riker in Picard's episode Nepenthe, which, in my opinion, was like the coup d'etat of episodes. That 
when, when me and the wife were watching that episode, uh, just phenomenal. And I think the fan reaction to Riker and Troy's appearance in that episode, I think may have had a lot to do with them bringing the entire cast back for season three. It's just my opinion. But um, Lulu Wilson played a great character and an awesome daughter. And I'd love to see her in the future. Where did she go later on? So happy birthday to Lulu Wilson. And I'm, I'm big on music. If you guys have listened to the podcast in the past, you know I'm big on music. If the music ain't right, it's just not setting the tone and I'm going to bitch. Uh, so music's very, very important to me. I think, I think the audio uh, stimulants in your brain, they need to match the visual. If they don't, it just doesn't work. Well, the next guy that we're going to, we're happy birthday to, composed the score for Star Trek 2009. Star Trek Into Darkness, and Star Trek Beyond. He also directed the short trek Ephraim and Dot, which was that great animated short trek, if you guys remember it. And he also composed the theme for Prodigy. And, of course, I'm talking about the awesome, the incredible Michael Chicano. And um, he's done some great stuff. I remember sitting in the movie theater, watching Star Trek 2009 with my wife and thinking, you know, it's not really feeling like a Star Trek movie just yet. The the music isn't just right. And then and then it came on and I heard those familiar Trek fanfare and boom, I was in a Star Trek movie. And he dropped it in. That's what a good composer will do. They don't rely on it, but they can drop it in just enough to pull you in and once you're pulled in, you're hooked. So happy birthday. We also Dude, I got one birthday. I gotta throw out there on this guy because he has well, upped his game. Oh, he Michael has. has upped his game. He's good. You know what he's done just recently? Oh, he he's just, gone I, beyond beyond he composing, just, I, right? He, one of the most popular he, shows on Disney Plus right now. He directed Werewolves Amongst Us. Uh, yeah, Werewolf by Night. Werewolf, Werewolf by Night. By night. Incredible. Right. In black and white, man. Really incredibly stylistic. It's like he got together with those Marvel cats and they were like, what would you like to do? He goes, well, I'd like to direct Werewolf by Night and because uh, he's a big fan. And so he's proven that he's just as great as a director as he is a composer, man. He's going to have a big career based on this. Really cool. That's right. I forgot. I just watched that yesterday. I forgot. It's in black and white. Yep. Yeah, Except pretty for the end. They they pull the Wizard of Oz end and they, they, they go from black and white to color at the very, very yeah, end. Yeah, kind of a little Schindler's List moment, right? Which was really, <laughs> really cool. He did really a great cool. job, man. Yeah, yeah, you'll see was. more from that guy, I guarantee you. Yeah, he was that was good. Uh, we also want to say happy birthday to Ellen Wheeler, who played Ikora in DS9's episode, The Quickening. And uh, speaking of Predator... There's another really great movie that spawns Schwarzenegger movie from the 80s that, called The Terminator. You may have heard of it. Well, uh, <laughs> this, next, this next actress uh, actually uh, starred in Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, as the TX Terminator. Uh, but we're not talking about her from The Terminator. We're going to remember her for playing Malia in the episode of Voyager, Favorite Son. But I got to tell you, I met Christiana Loken. At a, uh, at a super mega fest uh, quite a few years ago, I got a picture me and my wife and my daughter got a picture taken with her at a photo op. And let me tell you, she's big. She is very tall. I'm six foot and she's standing next to me and she's above me. 
And I know in the movie it doesn't you can't, it doesn't look right when you see her in the movie, but when she's standing toe to toe with Arnold, she's a very impressive woman. I mean, she's she's very she's built very well. Um, she's very tall and proportional and awesome, 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 awesome. I love it was a, it was a great honor to meet her and uh, she was really great. And we started off. Sadly enough, with the passing of an awesome Klingon, and I get the honor of wishing a happy birthday to one of my favorite Klingons from one of my favorite movies, an individual that I would love, love to get on this podcast. And uh, what I would like to do is I would like to have both Claw and Vixis on the podcast simultaneously. Um, We've had... um, uh, we've had Vixis on the show twice. Uh, I would love to be able to get Todd Bryant on the show, who played Captain Claw in Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. Kapla to Todd Bryant. Um, but I, I think it would be great if um, we could get both of them together on the show. I think they'd be a riot together. I know... Um, I haven't had any luck reaching out to him, but I'm always trying. Maybe, maybe he's listening to the podcast and he's going to trucktalking.com and he's leaving us a message right now. Although he'd probably leave it in Klingon and we wouldn't be able to understand it, but that's cool. Well, guys, that wraps up our birthdays for this week. I hope you've enjoyed them and we've jogged your memory and, and you say, oh, I haven't seen that episode in a while. I'm going to go and watch it. And now it's time for convincing all right god the part of the show where we eric started off but eric's flying on a jet plane so it's gonna fall to me so we want to start off by letting you guys know about fan quest november 12th to the 13th at norwood community center in Winnipeg, Canada. So if you're in Winnipeg, Canada, check out FanQuest. We also want to let you guys know about QuadCon Peoria, November 12th and 13th at the Northwoods Mall in Peoria, Illinois. And in my neck of the woods, not too far from where I'm sitting right now, just about 45 minutes or so, Saratoga Comic Con. The same weekend, November 12th and 13th at the Saratoga Springs City Center, in Saratoga Springs, New York. And uh, I won't be at that one, but, well, you never know. So check that out if you're in the area. And, David, what do you have on your list? Hey, can you hear me okay? He can yep. hear you fine. Great. I got PhilCon 2022 from November 18th to the 20th. Uh, Double Tree by Hilton Cherry Hill, Philadelphia, Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Uh, the next one on the list is The Hero Con. I guess this is where Superman goes. Uh, from November 18th to the 20th uh, at the Palooza Sound Convention Center, Fort Myers, Florida. Last on my list is the Blue Water International Comic Con. From uh, just November 19th only at the Blue Water Convention Center in Port Huron, is that Michigan? 
Yep, Michigan. All right, Michigan it is. And uh, that's it for my list. So, Paul, what's on yours? All right, brother. Well, you know what, friends? It's the week before Thanksgiving in the somewhat not too remote future. And you know what you need to do? You need to go to a convention because you want to be able to load up on comics and toys and good swag and all those good Star Trek fan vibes so you can reminisce and enjoy them during your time off for the Thanksgiving Day break. And so there's a lot of conventions that week prior that will allow you to do this. And first of all, I'm going to spend a couple in the great state of Oklahoma. All kinds of good stuff going on there. November 19th, 2022, you can go to Uncanny Comic Expo 2022 at the Ardmore Convention Center in, guess where, Ardmore, Oklahoma. That's right. So that's going to be a great con. Emphasis on Comic-Con. So all kinds of great stuff there that you can locate and add to your collections and go and rub elbows with other fans. Also in Oklahoma, in incredible Tulsa, Oklahoma at the Tulsa Expo Center, November 19th and 20th. That weekend, you can go to Retromania Tulsa 2022. My spider sense says that will be full of collectible toys. Perhaps if there's a missing Playmates action figure from your collection that you need to acquire, you can visit Retromania Tulsa and you'll be able to find it to add to your collection. So go there, miss not. And then we're going to leave. We're going to cross the Mason-Dixon. We're going to go ourselves up over to good old New England, my old stomping grounds in Massachusetts, to Boxborough. And at the Boxborough Regency, November 25th and 27th, as you are still digesting your Thanksgiving meal, going, wow, my uncle and aunt are crazy. I can't believe they believe that stuff. You can escape all that family drama and head to the Northeast Comic-Con and Collectibles Extravaganza, November 25th through 27th, the weekend right after Thanksgiving, in Boxborough, Massachusetts. Massachusetts, I love you. I miss you. I wish you well. Charles, who you got on your convention, convention, calendar, calendar? Hello? Charles? Charles, are you there? Mute? Hello? All right, let's okay. now try it now. Okay, right, there we sorry, go. Sorry, mute button. Mute button. Okay, let's try the Grand Strand Comic Con, November 26th and 27th at Myrtle Beach Convention Center. Of course, of course in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Now we're getting into December. Galaxy Con Columbus, December 2nd through 4th at the Greater Columbus Convention Center in Columbus, Ohio. But if you don't want to be in Ohio, you'd rather be in California, the L.A. Comic Con, December 2nd through 4th at the L.A. Convention Center, Los Angeles, California. Home of last year's final event by... uh, our famous Ohura. That's right. That was her. That was her last show. That was the last show right. Michelle got to go to. That wraps up our convention calendar. Now it's time for Star. Priority Trek. one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Incoming transmission. Enter authorization code. Command codes verified. Define parameters of program. Level 9 authorization required. Specify parameters. Transfer of data is complete. Black alert. Black alert. 
All right, guys, all of the stories that we're about to talk about have been summarized by yours truly, Uncle Jim, and can be found in their entirety at trektalking.com. That's right, trektalking.com. One more time, trektalking.com. You can go there, and you can click on the Facebook link, and it'll take you right to our Facebook page where you can read all these articles in their entirety. Now, this first article I actually put in here for Eric because Eric loves this particular segment, but he's flying on a jet plane. So we're going to jump over to Charles for this segment. Yep. And I got my own version of this one thing. Shatner says, what? William Shatner is still devastated over how things ended with Leonard Nimoy. William Shatner released a new memoir this week titled Boldly Go, Reflections on a Life in Awe and Wonder. As the title indicates, 91-year-old Shatner has become more reflective. According to the official description, Shatner reflects on the interconnectivity of all things, our fragile bond with nature and the joy that comes from exploration with his inspiring, revolutionary, and exhilarating collection of essays. And speaking to you today, Shatner talked more about Nemo's passing and why I believe it wasn't, he wasn't able to connect at the end. <clears throat> when you're getting really ill, you don't want to see anybody. Maybe that was it, and he died. And I thought, what happened? Then I thought, well, it's me again, I guess. But his daughter, <coughs> Julie, <coughs> came to me and said, he loved you. The universe is sending me a message back to whatever that whatever happened he loved me as i loved him like a brother he was my brother we shared a lifetime <clears throat> one person shatner has given up his tos co-star george decay the two have a lifelong feud but decay's criticism of shatner's flight into space last year call him unfit and a guinea pig seemed to be the final straw Shatner said to USA Today, why would George Takai put on put that in public? After I came down from space, had this experience, talked about global warming, he would say, oh, they probably used him because he was the oldest guy that would go up. He was so mean-spirited. Again, there's no reason, and I don't give a cup of tea what his opinion is. But there's a guy who's not well. Boldly Going, Reflecting on a Life on Wonder, was released. Is available now on Amazon hardcover, Kindle, ebook, and audiobook, narrated by Shatner himself. Yeah. I would say, George, with his presence, especially on Facebook, uh, there's a lot of people that do take his opinion very, very to heart. I would agree. So, don't think that's a fight that's ever going to end between those two. Nope. I agree completely. All right, guys. But Jim, ready to... but Jim I think you want to talk about Discovery. Yeah. Did uh, anybody hear of this little convention uh, last week called New York City Comic Con? It's this little thing they do down in New York once a year. Um, and sometimes, sometimes big stars show up there. And sometimes they drop new trailers on us, maybe. And in this particular case, um, they had a Star Trek Discovery panel. So 
they dropped a new trailer. And the article goes, Star Trek Discovery Season 5 First Look Trailer Shows Galaxy's Greatest Treasure Hunt. The Discovery panel at New York Comic Con features series cast members Anthony Rapp and Wilson Cruz, and executive producers Michelle Paradise, Alex Kurtzman, and Rod Roddenberry. Also joining the panel was series star Sonequa Martin-Green, who beamed in virtually from the captain's chair of the season five set in Toronto. She introduced the first look trailer, which reveals some new characters, including Captain Rainer, played by Callum Keith Renee from the Umbrella Academy and Jessica Jones, along with Maul and Locke, played by Eve Harlow from The 100 and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and Elias Tufix from Shadowhunters and the Blood of Zeus. Callum Keith Renee joins the cast in a series regular as a role of Captain Rainier. Here is the official character description. Rainier is a gruff, smart Starfleet captain who holds a clear line between commander and crew. Um, He leads, they follow. Rainier is all but the mission, whatever it may be, and he doesn't do niceties along the way. His feeling is you get the job done and apologize later. He has a story track record of wartime success, but in times of peace, he struggles. Collaboration is not his strong suit. That said, if it serves a greater good, he's willing to learn, but it won't be easy. Also joining are Maul and Locke, played by Eve Harlow and Elias Trufix. Here are the official descriptions. Maul is a formal courier turned outlaw who is highly intelligent and dangerous with an impressive strategic mind and a sharp wit. She goes into every situation with a clear plan and stays focused and clear-headed on her goal, even when things go awry. She's not intimidated by Captain Berman or the crew of the USS Discovery and will face down anyone who stands in her way in order to get what she wants. Locke is a former courier-turned-outlaw who is tough, impulsive, and fiercely protected of his beloved partner, Maul. So long as he knows she's safe, he doesn't care about collateral damage or its consequences, a perspective that makes him very dangerous at times and will put him on the opposite side of Captain Burnham and the crew of the USS Discovery when they come into conflict. The 10-episode fifth season should be wrapping up productive production by the end of this year, but there are no details yet on will it will debut. All right, guys, I told you at the top of the show we had some trailers to play for you. We just heard the synopsis, and here it is, the Star Trek Discovery Season 5 New York City Comic-Con trailer. The greatest treasure in the known galaxy is out there. What are you waiting for? Let's fly. I guess there, there wasn't much in that for you guys to listen to, was there? <laughs> um, but, yeah, 
there was there was a lot of scenes, uh, you know, action scenes, and Michael Burnham's actually standing on the top on the saucer section of the Discovery as it's going through warp, which is a weird place to be when the ship is going in warp, and um, they're flying around on these Flash Gordon like uh, uh, space cycles. Um, there's a little shootout in in a corridor somewhere, and of course we get glimpses of these new characters that I just talked about. So. Star Trek Discovery Season 5. Uh, Eric, or no, Eric's not here. Charles, what did you think about the trailer? Looks good. Definitely. Yeah. <coughs> of all, <coughs> all the trailers, I think everything looks like it's going to be <laughs> a lot of yeah, good stuff I agree. coming up. I agree. What about you, Paul? Did you get a chance to watch it? And if you did, what would you think? Yeah, I've only watched it once. Um, I'm hopeful... Um. Yeah. Uh, there's another trailer that I think for me though it kind of uh, <laughs> it it pushed past this one for me in terms of occupying space in the front of my brain. But uh, I I I'm hopeful, right? I'm I'm super hopeful. I think they were definitely heading in a really interesting direction uh, last year. Um, this one seems like it maybe is kind of trying to convey a tone that's that's more adventure and less cerebral type of science fiction so we'll see how that all plays out but i'm super curious uh so many talented folks on that show i just hope the scripts are good and let's not forget it the episodes are being cut back to 10 uh it was 15 13 14 now it's only going to be 10 so they're going to have to get into that story that much quicker and wrap it up that much quicker which May not really, which may actually be a good thing. We'll have to wait. And yeah, see. sometimes less is better, man, in terms of episode count. You know, I got to mention too, Jim. You mentioned uh, actor Callum Keith Rennie, right, uh, on there, who uh, is joining the show, uh, and I think he's the one who plays Rainer, right? But uh, sci-fi fans will know him from Ronald D. Moore's big reboot of Battlestar Galactica a few years ago. He played one of the main Cylons uh, on that show, Leoban. And so he's no stranger to the science fiction franchise world. So it's really cool to see him back. Um, so I will be watching that character with great interest because he's a good actor for sure. And, uh, you know, interesting. Uh, I like that they're casting people like that. So I'm going to cautiously optimistic, man, would be my take. We'll see what happens. And how about you, David? Did you get a chance to watch it? And if you did, what did you think? Yeah, I, I had a chance to watch it. It was interesting. Um, I actually had to double back because I thought the character who played Maul looked an awful lot like um, the doctor from Strange New World, the nurse chapel. I was like, wait a minute, is that the same actress? But apparently not. <laughs> so, no. um, yeah, I, 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 like Paul said, you know, it's hopeful. So I'm kind of looking forward to it, but. I wasn't too much of a Discovery fan back in the day, but I'm kind of slowly leaning myself into it. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. All right. Well, that wraps up our Discovery. Now we're going to move on to Prodigy. And, Paul, you've got you've got the first story for us about Prodigy. Yeah, man. And, you know, I was a little late to the party with Prodigy, but once I started watching it, I became a fan pretty much immediately. It's a great show. And I'm excited because uh, – our news that we had revealed to us here very, very recently is that actor Ronnie Cox returns as Jellico in Star Trek Prodigy. Uh, Paramount Plus debuted the official mid-season trailer 
for season one of the original animated series, Star Trek Prodigy. Uh, now, a lot of times in the press releases, you see it referred to as a kid's series. I really think that's almost an unfair disservice to the show because it's very smart, very clever, and very engaging. So don't dismiss it as a kid's show. Um, I think it's extremely good. The trailer was introduced by executive producers Kevin and Dan Hageman at New York Comic-Con. Um, Star Trek had a huge presence at Comic-Con this weekend, as you're, as you're hearing. Uh, the panel featured a conversation with series voice cast members Kate Mulgrew, Brett Gray, and Jamila Jamil, as well as executive producers Alex Kurtzman and Rod Roddenberry, and director and executive producer Ben Hyben. And during the panel, it was revealed that Ronnie Cox has joined the season one voice cast with a recurring role as Admiral Edward Jellicoe, reprising his role of Jellicoe from Star Trek The Next Generation, which I think you probably all remember. Phenomenal, phenomenal part. We talk about the great admirals of, uh, of Star Trek. That's one. And Ronnie Cox, is, it's, I'm sorry, it's a get. To be able to grab that dude, man, he is a tremendous actor. Uh, uh, we know him uh, from movies like Deliverance, and of course, everyone remembers him in RoboCop, right? Uh, but uh, Beverly Hills, phenomenal. Cop. Yeah, he was in Beverly Hills Cop. That's right. I always forget about that, man. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie. But of course, the 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 next gen episode we're we're talking about here is Chain of Command. Right, the great Cardassian mm-hmm. two-parter that we love. I mean, that's one of the best two-parters you will ever, ever see. I mean, absolutely. There are more lights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, absolutely uh, tremendous. And so the fact that he's coming back is, you know, I mean, it's, it's great because that was a cool. And of course, that was David Warner, who we just lost recently, right? The great David Warner, who played uh, Gold Madrid in that episode. So one of the greatest next-gen episodes ever. And part of that's due to Jellicoe. So it's awesome um, that he's coming back. Uh, His promotion to Admiral was first mentioned in uh, some screen graphics episode of Lower Decks, right? So we got a little glimpse of that on that franchise uh, series and also featured in the series are recurring voice cast members uh, David Diggs as Commander Tysess, Jamila Jamil as Ensign Essencia, Jason Alexander, Jason Alexander, Seinfeld alum as Dr. Noom and Robert Beltran. Hello, Robert Beltran, Chapton Chakotay and Billy Campbell as Thadian Okuna. So here's the first uh, official synopsis for the remainder of season one. In the uh, rest of Star Trek Prodigy's season one episodes, the hopeful crew makes their way towards Starfleet itself. Their dreams are threatened when they discover the USS Protostar harbors a weapon designed to tear the United Federation of Planets apart. To make matters worse... The USS Dauntless is on a manhunt for the Protostar as the real, not hologram, the real Vice Admiral Janeway is eager to uncover what happened to her first missing former First Officer Chakotay. With these two ships on a collision course and destruction on the horizon, the fate of the Alpha Quadrant hangs in the balance. Well, sign me up, man. That sounds fantastic. It's like it's become a, a larger sequel to the entire Voyager franchise. So amazing. So I'm excited that Robert Beltran's coming back. I'm super excited about that. That's going to be really great. So if you're a Voyager fan 
and you've been on the fence about Prodigy, <laughs> time to climb on up and check it out. Prodigy will have its midseason return on Thursday, October 27th. That's just like, what, a couple weeks couple from weeks. now? A couple weeks. That's yep. so great, right man. That is so great that it's that soon, exclusively for Paramount Plus subscribers in the U.S. And on Friday, October 28th, in Latin America, Australia, Italy, and the United Kingdom. Following the series' return, new episodes of the 10-episode-long second half will be available to stream weekly on Thursdays. So that's been the, uh, the big thumbprint uh, of uh, Star Trek on the Paramount Plus uh, network there is Thursdays is when a lot of their big uh, big uh, debut episodes return, as we've just seen today. The series will air later in the year in South Korea, Germany, Italy, France, Austria, and Switzerland. So friends in other lands hang in there. If it's airing a little later in this year, that just means you have more time to get caught up if you haven't already watched it. Shameless plug for our friends at the Playmates Toy Company. I should also mention that they are about to unroll their uh, new line of Prodigy action figures, and they look spectacular. They look really, really great. Real nice likenesses to these um, more animated style, three-dimensional characters. So I, I, I highly recommend getting in on the ground floor with that figure line. And, uh, and don't dismiss Prodigy as a kid's show. It's absolutely wonderful. And uh, would you agree, Charles? Yes, and I was going to say, October 27th will be a big day. It will be the season continuation of Prodigy and the final episode of this season's Lower Decks. Dang. I like that, though. One door opens, another closes. Yeah, that's going to be a great day. Busy podcast. And And we're going to talk about that next week, man. Wow. (laughs) First November podcast is going to be nuts. If you're wondering why every Star Trek show is only 10 episodes and Prodigy is 20, that's because Prodigy had been picked up by Nickelodeon and originally was going to air on Nickelodeon. Uh, Paramount did what they do, what, how they did it, I don't know. And so now it premieres on Paramount Plus with 10-episode seasons instead of 20. And so they break it up into two 10-episode seasons. That's why we had 10 episodes of Prodigy, then we didn't see it for a while, and now they're saying that it's the mid-season break and is coming back with the continuation of season one, which is 10 episodes, which technically makes it season two. But when they get done, it will play as one complete season on Nickelodeon. That's why, in case you were confused and wondering. All right, guys, I told you at the top of the show that we had a lot of great sound bites to play. We just heard Discovery. Now we're going to hear... Prodigy. So here it is, the New York City Comic Con Prodigy trailer. Enjoy. Captain's Log 61209.5. It's been weeks since leaving Cars Lamora for good. That dream of finding a place where we can be accepted is becoming real. We want to join Starfleet! Uh-huh. I suppose they just handed you kiddos a free starship. We actually stole it. Whoever stole the protostar must be stopped. Get us out of here! The real me is hunting us. Good luck with that. So we're not going to Starfleet. As long as we have the protostar, we can still help others. This is so exciting! 
you saved me. I will not rest until your memories return. Who is this specimen? You know where I came from? Not where, but who? We may not be ready for Starfleet, but we're ready to take your orders, Captain. Plot of course. Who are these kids? Look at me. What is it? I remember everything. Dun, 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 dun. All right, guys. Star Trek Prodigy. We'll start off with you, Charles. What did you think of the trailer? Another good trailer. I'm looking forward to seeing this next episode. I think we've got another, another good set of episodes. I can't wait to see what they do next. And I was one of my... One of my favorites that I always like in things, origin stories. We get to yeah. know a little origin about our captain. And one of the things that impressed me, one of the things that I remember that I really liked is the fact that people keep saying, well, how can, how can these five kids, you know, fly this starship? People don't understand is that the protostar is, is tiny. Um, I think it might be along the size of the Defiant from uh, DS9. It's very small. And there's a scene where the Dauntless comes up behind it, and they're on the bridge, and you can actually see just how small the Protostar is when next to the Dauntless. It's a very, very small starship. Um, tiny, matter of fact. I, I Dare I say maybe a crew of 40 maybe um very small very small ship and i like when they get the dimensions of the ships right so you can actually see the scale that that impressed me a lot in this particular trailer and uh, paul what did you think about the trailer are you excited for it oh, uh, oh i'm sold yeah I, i'm i'm very sold I, I think it's great you know like i like i said i think a, a lot of folks i think missed the show they didn't catch it didn't watch it they thought oh it's a good show or there was confusion about where it was the nickelodeon what's the deal i think they missed out or they just uh you know uh, for what reason it just maybe not everyone caught it during those that first time and it's really a, a bit of a gem i think it was really quite delightful and and smart and uh some really great uh talent in the voice work on the show too i mean it's uh it's definitely uh pretty interesting and this looks like they're kind of you know taking that second half and and pushing it forward here so i think it looks really interesting and uh, i love the idea of seeing these uh, younger characters having to uh you know kind of step up and learn more responsibilities and figure things out and uh and, and deal with all the uh you know, the things that are part of, of growing up you know, with real consequences on the line. So it's a neat concept for a show. I mean, initially I was just like, how's that going to work? Right. And, uh, but they really have uh, done a wonderful job with it. Uh, I, I'm super pumped. Yeah. I, they, all of these trailers were great. Though you still haven't and, gotten to my favorite yet. <laughs> well, we saved the best for last. I, I did that order to keep our fans salivating, you know, so they'd have to listen to the whole show. <laughs> it's not an accident but that one but um yeah and they are moving closer and closer and closer to starfleet and that means if you listen to the to the panel they we will be seeing more familiar 
alien races such as the Klingons showing up, which is really cool. So I'm looking forward to that. And David, last but definitely not least, what are your thoughts on the Prodigy trailer? I'm very excited for it. I really enjoyed the artwork. Um, it almost looks just as good as it was in season or the last season. So uh, I'm lo- really looking forward to the uh, to most myself in the uh, Prodigy world. It's looking really good. It, you know, it's got a, it's a totally different style of animation than Lower Decks. Uh, where Lower Decks is more uh, uh, traditional, like, like Scooby-Doo or Saturday morning cartoons would have been. Yeah. Whereas Prodigy, I think, is more along the lines of maybe uh, Star Wars, The Clone Wars, or um, yeah. know, something along the lines. It's a different style altogether. So that, that's that's yeah. good, too, because even though they're both animated, they're both very different. And it's something we always say on this podcast is that there's something in Star Trek for everybody. Maybe you don't like Lower Decks, well, check out Prodigy. Maybe you don't like Picard, check out Discovery. Maybe you don't like Discovery, check out Strange New Worlds. Um, I guarantee you, you, there is something there for every one of our listeners out there. So that's, that's really cool about Star Trek. Or you can like it all, like I do. So that's pretty cool. All right. Well, there was one more, one more Really, really big um, release, I want to say, at the New York City Comic-Con. And uh, they had the TNG cast, and it was so great to see them all back together again, Marina Serkis being herself, running out in the audience, uh, making Trump Trump jokes, and uh, it was great. It was a lot of fun to see them together again. You can tell that they genuinely love each other and they are great friends. And that comes across in their acting as their characters as well. They did have a panel and uh, Eric, not Eric, I was Charles, I mean, Charles, you've got our next story and it's a big one. Yeah. Oh, this one's a big one. Star Trek Picard season three, New York Comic Con trailer revealed. Search the Picard panel features series star Patrick Stewart, cast member LeVar Burton, Michael Doran, Jonathan Frakes, Kate McFadden, Maria Sirtis, Brenton Spiner, as well as executive producer Alice Kurtman, Terry Mandelis, and Rod Roddenberry. <coughs> During the panel, Paramount Plus deb- debuted a new teaser for the third and final season. The trailer reveals Brett Spiner's character for the season is named Lore, has a quick appearance in the Enterprise F, and ends with a look at Daniel Davis's return as Professor Moriarty from Star Trek Next Generation. It was revealed that Tony Award-winning Amanda Plummer, Fisher King, Pulp Fiction, joins the cast as a reoccurring role as a villain, Valak. Amanda Plummer is the daughter of the late Christopher Plummer, who also played Klingon General Kang, the villain, in Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. Here is the unofficial, unofi- the official character description of Amanda, Pl- Amanda Plummer's role in Picard. Vidic, a mysterious alien captain of the Strike, a warship that has 
set its sights on Jean-Luc Picard and its old crewmates from the days of Enterprise. If you want interesting discussion, uh, Christopher Plummer was the last villain of the TOS generation. Amanda is going to be the last of the Picard generation. Interesting thing to having those two actors back to back. The panel also produced more details on two new characters. The children of LeVar Burton's Jordi LaForge. Micah Burton and Ashley Chappelle Chestnut joined Picard in, in recurring roles. And oh, by the way, Micah Burton actually is LeVar Burton's daughter. We've seen her at several, conve- at several conventions and virtual cons interviewing people. <clears throat> and since Sidney LaForge is played by Sharp Chestnut <coughs> and is the eldest daughter of Jordi LaForge's and helmsman of the USS <coughs> Titan. And Andrea LaForge is played by Micah Burton, George's youngest, Jordi LaForge's youngest daughter who works alongside her father. The final season premieres February 16th, 2013. Exclusively on Paramount Plus with the U.S. and new episodes of the 10 season long available streaming weekly on Thursday nights. Thursdays. Thursdays. All right, guys. I made you wait. Think you're ready. Here it is. The New York City Comic Con Star Trek Picard final season trailer. Strap yourselves in because this is a doozy. Thank you. Admiral. I received a distress call from Beverly Crusher. We are being hunted. Who is it out there? I don't know. We must run. From what? How very precise with your timing, Jean-Luc Picard. know that I now prefer pacifism to combat or are gonna die they are blind to something big it will be what it always was attempts on your life oh right who broke them into this too I was once like her irrational violent the horns got it stay inside I sir darkness on this ship. All consuming darkness. I'll peck. And I'll jab. Everything that makes you you. We will scorch the earth under which he stands and the night will brighten with the ashes of the Federation. But first... We will have vengeance. 
Wow, where to start? And you know, so um, yeah, this trailer was awesome. We get to see the Enterprise F, which is really cool. Um, so let's let's have some fun as fans with this one. So first of all, we have Attic and we have the Shriek. And I don't know about you guys, but when I saw it, I definitely got a strong, strong Romulan vibe. It reminded me of the Narada from Star Trek to 2009. Um, it had the spikes on the front and everything, and it, and uh, kind of had that X-Wing kind of design to it as well. I, I definitely think it's some type of Romulan ship is the vibe I got. I, I could be wrong, but let me tell you why I think it's a Romulan ship, and then you guys can chime in. And this is why we're fans, guys. This is the fun part. So... We know that Denise Crosby is going to be in this, and they did not show her. We didn't really see her. Now, we do know that in the alternate, and then another universe, she went back in time, was captured by the Romulans, um, had a child, Sila, who was in our universe, who was in the prime universe. The alternate Tasha Yar is also in our prime universe, but much older now because she came back in time. I won't get into that, but go watch yesterday's Enterprise if you want to get that in your own head. And Sela tells Picard when Picard says, I want to meet your daughter, your mother, she says, she was captured and killed. Now, have we ever known a Romulan to tell the truth? Guys, come on. No, we haven't. So if there's no body, she's not dead. So we don't really actually know if the alternate Tashiar was dead. I have a feeling she's not. And the fact that she was on Romulus and captured by Romulans, this ship reminds me of a Romulan ship. I think there's a connection between Tashi Yar and this character that we don't know yet, that we will find out as the season progresses. I may be wrong, but that's my theory uh, on the whole thing. Uh, Secondly, Moriarty's back. And uh, he was the holograph character that was created by Jordy LaForge to defeat Data. Now, he's only he's only in one episode. He did an interview after two. New York City Comic Con. Two. Oh. He's in two episodes. Uh, well, he, he filmed two for episodes one. Of TNG. Sorry, two episodes TNG. of TNG. But he's only in one episode of Picard. Okay. He uh, he did his filming in one day, and most of his scenes were with Riker. So he's not a major character. If you guys were thinking that, he's not. Uh, he said he's only in one, but that's cool. That's really cool. I'm curious to see how they work him in. Mm-hmm. Definitely. The biggest, the biggest reveal is lore. Now, if you watch the New York City Comic Con panel, Riker, I mean Frakes and Brent Spiner, kind of say that it's that's really not lore that we're seeing that it's before. You guys can take your take that for a grain of sand, but uh, Frank says to uh, Brent Spiner, Brent Spiner, they say, you're back playing lore. And Brent Spiner says, am I? 
And then Freaks turns to him and says, no, before, before lore. And then Fred Spiner says, oh, yes, you're right. So is this actually lore that we're seeing or is it before that we're seeing? Or is it a combination of before and lore? Because we don't know what actually happened to lore when Data disassembled him. So uh, Worf as a pacifist, I'm interested in seeing how that works out. Um, but I'm psyched. I'm really psyched for what they've shown us so far in this trailer. And I cannot wait to see where they go with it. And I know, I know, Paul, you've been waiting. Now it's your chance. What do you think? <laughs> oh, man, it was outstanding. It was really, really great. Um, very much a, a different vibe from the last season of Picard that we got, right? I mean, this one is... This is more of a spacefaring story, right? We are off Earth. We are out there. Um, we've got, you know, I mean, the fact that they've, you know, designed this whole thing to be this wonderful swan song, and they've got all of the actors back, all of the characters back, you know, it. Uh, I mean, it's just spectacular. It's really difficult to watch that trailer and not just get the, the chills, man. It's just outstanding. A lot of fun plot elements. Um, uh, and I got to theorize very much about what, to expect just because a we're always wrong and b it's fun to just let it unspool itself in front of us and be surprised don't really have a clue who amanda Plummer's character is yet i i, I you know a lot of uh, red herrings put out by the showrunners right going oh oh it's an old character you don't uh, haven't seen in a while right <laughs> which doesn't sound <laughs> like it's true based on the identification of the name of the character and the, her ship and everything like that, we don't really know who that is. But she seems to know who they are and is, is has a bit of a grudge to, to bear against the, uh, the good crew there. So I suspect there'll be some connective tissue with a previous story that just hasn't made itself apparent yet. That's my guess, right? Because she seems like she's, you know, taken her actions from the Rathacon playbook, Right, she's out for blood. She's out for revenge. She wants payback. So that's what I got from Amanda Plummer. All I know is, wherever you choose to take us, I'm ready to go because she's a phenomenal actress. And like Charles said, I love the connective tissue of the legacy of, you know, her father, you know, playing, you know, General Chang in the Undiscovered Country. I mean, what a great performance. I mean, man, that's one of the great for me. That's one of my favorite Klingons. I love that guy. He was just a magnificent actor, and boy, did those genes pass down to her. She's a phenomenal you know performer. The, for me, the biggest thing is the villain can make or break a movie. If the villain isn't um, up to snuff, it can destroy a movie. So if, if she can pull it off, as she seems to be in the trailer, it'll be outstanding. Yeah, I got no doubts, man. man. So long as it's a good script, and it sure seems like it is, because you think these guys would have all signed up again if they didn't have a good story that didn't feel like it cheapened their legacy, because, man, one of the great series finales ever was Star Trek The Next Generation, right? I mean, that was a dynamite script. So they must have had something really wonderful to tempt everyone to come back. So I, I have high hopes for this one. And the trailer makes me think that those hopes are not misplaced. It looks absolutely great. So super excited. Um, I'm frankly just titillated. I mean, lore is great, but I'm titillated at the idea of having Moriarty back because those Moriarty episodes are magic. He is great. 
really, really tremendous. And, uh, and I'm super excited to see where that all goes. So I, I could not be more delighted with what uh, they chose to share with us. I'm sure they've only given us the tip of the iceberg, but man, it looks great. It looks it really, look, really good. It looks really yeah. good. So hey, David, super excited, man. What are your thoughts? Excited for it? Hey, uh, can you hear me? Yep. <clears throat> hey, yeah, so I'm really excited about this uh, particular series. Um, I'm I'm hoping that everything will go smoothly, like, it just I'm, I, I'm hoping there's not going to be any mix up like they kind of did with uh, season two. But yeah, I'm 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 really hoping that nothing is going to be going down the the drain, honestly, because I was kind of really disappointed with season two, and um, I'm hoping that everything's going to work out. So yeah, um, I'm I'm really curious. So I thought Paramount Plus said that there was going to be a female villain that was going to be a returning role and I honestly thought this wasn't it because I didn't Paramount Plus mention on Star Trek Day something about a returning role for a female villain is it going to be well, people, <laughs> I think people like yep. to lie man I think that there's all I mean it could be that was another, well, yet another villain we don't know yet but I also think that very frequently press agents will for big shows like this they will misdirect you right and they'll say one thing and they just want to misdirect you so that you don't sniff down the wrong area but I don't take everything they say at face value because there's a lot of times it'd be like, oh, yeah, red herring. Uh-huh. It'll be what you know. And then it's just the exact. I mean, I can't even count how many movies and TVs do that all the time. So it's just, we don't want to oh, take right. everything that we uh, are told as literal truth. Because, and, of course, the Internet is nothing but a swamp of lies anyway. So well, <laughs> you know, be, careful, be careful where you step would be all I well, can say. Be careful a, what you believe. A returning character slash a female villain. We're assuming they're the same thing. Well, no, I think they're two different characters. Aha. Uh-huh. <clears throat> what are you what where are you going with it, Charles? Well, Lore. I think Lore and Moriarty, those are two well, Lore is a recurring character. Moriarty is a character from the past. I think those could be re- those could be re- returning villains. <coughs> <coughs> And we have a major female villain to top it. And who knows what her connection is to who. We know the group she's with, but we don't know any origin. So we never know what the deal with this person is going to be. So you're saying that you think that they took three different characters and sort of combined them into one sentence. Just to kind of exactly. <laughs> just throw to mess with us. Yeah, I think that's not a bad theory, off. Charles. That's a good yep. theory. I think, that's, uh, I think that's solid. I think it very well could be because yeah. you know it, it's just you know it's it's they want to they don't want to tell us everything. They want to keep us you know uh, mm-hmm. intrigued. Yeah, huh. you're absolutely right. That's um, I I, I buy <laughs> that hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> keep us ready for that new ep- new episode. That's right. Absolutely. And it's only February, right? Mid February that we have to wait for. Yeah. This. That's not bad. Yep. That's not. I can. I can handle that because there's a lot coming out between now and then. Because, I mean, that's going to be. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that won't be the only trailer, right? I'm sure we're going to get at least another 
you know, big whopper between now and then that'll give us even more. But man, I mean, I, based on that, this became not just like, you know, cause a lot of people have had their whatever, you know, not everybody loved everything about season two of Picard. I'm right there with you. There was a lot of stuff I didn't care about, but all of a sudden after this trailer, this became this, that premiere becomes event viewing. I mean, no one's going to want to miss this. I mean, the all. How long has it been since we've seen some of these actors and character, man? Well, I mean, and, damn. Yeah, I can't well, wait. Well, let's put this way of thinking. Oh, we don't think Moriarty is much of a character. Oh, really? Then why did Lower Deck Comics bring up Moriarty? That's true. He's, I forgot he's about central, that. He's a major mention in it. Huh. And by the way, right. issue number two is out. That's right. That's, That's right. right. I haven't read it yet. I picked yeah. it up Wednesday, but I haven't read it yet. He's a great character, man, because I, I think that, uh, you know, uh, what they did with Moriarty on, on Next Gen was just remarkable because he embodied so much of what really good science fiction should be trying to do, right? He's, like, mm-hmm. starting off as a creation of, like, something someone manufactured, a piece of technology, a, a fantasy indulgence, right? But he basically attained sentience and... Yeah. It, becomes the embodiment of like artificial intelligence and and they took it to almost like a spiritual place right with the idea that this this creation has a soul and his own desires and his own thoughts and needs and that was powerful stuff and uh and he's such a good actor i mean he made you really empathize with him so that he started off as like a a curiosity you know a two-bit villain that you know was black and white villain it became like a soulful character you had great empathy for. It was really thanks to that wonderful acting that he uh, produced. So I'm yeah. super delighted that we get to see him again, man. What a gift. Yeah. It's, yeah. Also, it makes sense that Moriarty is actually the main villain now because remember what they said in that episode, TNG, where he was wondering if there was any kind of technology maybe in the future for him to step outside the holodeck. Well, now we have Voyager that came along with the mobile emitter which is now yeah. a future tech, but now he's going to be probably wander, wandering around in the real material world as a hologram. So, yeah, interesting. Fascinating. Fascinating. It's going to be good. Wait, man. And it's fortunately, we have more good. Star Trek to hold us together until then, so it's not like we're having yes, to we do. go on a diet. <laughs> it's, it's, we get a lot to watch <laughs> between now and then, man, but that's, that's so exciting. There's a lot of good Trek coming. They're really great. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Here's a question. Um, the, we have Prodigy coming out. What's coming out after Prodigy before Picard, or is Picard coming right after Prodigy? I don't have the calendar uh, in front of me. Got, I do. I just have oh. to open it. Yeah. Okay. Um, we have Lower Decks through October 27th. If Prodigy goes straight through... We're going to have October 27th all the way to the 29th. We've got a small, we got a just over a month break, and Picard starting February 16th. Because we don't have an official date for Discovery nor Strange New World yet. Hmm. Yeah, okay. and that's, that's assuming they play Prodigy right straight through without a break. Exactly. So, Especially if they might do a five-week run, take a couple weeks off, <coughs> stretch another 
and then a couple of weeks break, and then we're going straight into into Picard. Right. Uh, Especially if they want to get a break in there for Thanksgiving or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we got a lot to look forward to. Yeah. A lot to look forward to. All right, guys, our phone number here is 646-668-2433. We're going to talk about Lower Decks, uh, Season 3, Episode 7, A Mathematically Perfect Redemption. A wayward Starfleet ensign struggles to find a path to redemption. Uh, this was a unique episode, so there is no there is no captain's log you guys have noticed, I always play the captain's log uh, to set it up for you, but there isn't one. So instead of the captain's log, uh, you're going to have to settle for this. Previously on Star Trek Lower Decks. I got it. One legal virus. But someone has to take it to the ship. But who's small enough to go and tech Yeah, and who could survive in space without a ship? Someone who can travel with a program thingly stored in her hard drive. <gasps> Peter Hamper! You can load the code into their ship using your robotic abilities. Oh my gosh, Peter Hamper! They're gonna save the day! Please, I'm in the past. I, I'm sorry, what? Well, this just sounded way too scary. What about the needs of the many? I joined Starfleet to piss off my dad. Not to be a virus bomb. Peanut hamper. This is not cool. We're all going to die. Peanut hamper. There are so many lives at stake. You know what? I'm just going to beam myself out of this whole stitch. Sucks to be organic. Enjoy having all your guts fly out or whatever. You know what? Peanut hamper is a stupid All right, that's the setup for this episode. And every week I ask you guys on our Facebook page to score the episode on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the best and 1 being the worst. And uh, you can go to chucktalking.com, and that will link you right over to our Facebook page so that you can take in our poll. And Eric, I'm sorry, Eric isn't here. We're going to turn to Paul. So, Paul, what did our Facebook fans have to say about this episode of Lower Decks. People had reactions, Uncle Jim. They did indeed. <laughs> Top fan Brian Kane puts it this way, six at best. Peanut hamper is the worst. But I did like how it played with the trope of, it's okay to violate the prime directive if you're helping. Definitely a letdown after last week's episode. Fan David Chauvinoy, Chauvavni, sorry, Chauvavni. David, uh, 7.5. It was great. Redemption, reversion, and ridiculousness. Hertzler and Combs. Hot bird on robot action. <laughs> yeah. Pretty funny there, David. Uh, David got it. Uh, Nicholas Yunker says a one. Whoa, I just heard the bottom of the basement drop out. Absolutely terrible. Uh, Alan Gopin echoes uh, Nicholas's perspective. A two. The first Lower Decks episode I didn't like. Carlos Teal says, compared exclusively to other Lower Decks episodes, where 10 is, say, where's George? Uh, seven. Charles Sullivan, the worst example of anything with the Star Trek name on it. One. Wow, Charles did not like that at all. Susan Holly Anderson, some of it was really good. Some of it was shitty. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, Susan. Uh, five out of ten. To me, it was the worst one they have put out there. Stuart Ogden, uh, not the best one, perhaps 5.5. 5. 
Dale Sheldon Reader the Fourth. I'm going with an eight. Some episodes aren't the best, but most are. I like the humor and wit. And finally, Michael von der Mühlen says a solid six. So if we have a crazy Excel spreadsheet or algorithm that we can somehow compress all those reactions together from our various fans and shake it and maybe put some goat entrails over it and light a match, uh, the fan score is, drum roll, suspensefulness. It all boiled down to a fan score of 4.4. Oh, Mary. Different reactions. I've got to clarify this with all of our listeners that 4.4 is the lowest score we have ever recorded for anything, even lower than you guys scored my all-time favorite movie, Star Trek V, which, by the way, scored a 4.5. And even so, you guys hated this worse than Star Trek V. So, uh, wow, that's the lowest we've ever gotten. So that will tell you something right there. Uh, before we go yeah. any further, though, uh, we have we always do our cadet training, which is where you guys can go back and watch some episodes to kind of catch up on what this episode was about. So for that... Take it away, Charles. All right. Not many this week episode. One of them that we really you could go back to seeing is TNG's Quality of Life, Season 6, Episode 9. This is where you actually learn about the exocomps themselves. Lower Decks, No Small Part, Season 1, Episode 10. <coughs> this is where... <coughs> This is where the episode ends and where we get the opener for this episode, as Jim said it, as you heard Jim play it. Also, LDS, Terminal Provocation, Season 1, Episode 6, the Drugmani. We get to meet them there and spoken and voiced by J.G. Hertzler. So All right. get a good, a good, inter, good uh, joining by JG and Mr. Combs joining us in this episode. Well, so now you know what episodes you can go back to catch up on on the awesomeness of this particular episode. Uh, you know where <laughs> our fans on our Facebook page fall on this particular episode worse than Star Trek Five. Um, which is my favorite movie, by the way. So what did we think about it? So, all right, let me, let me start the ball a-rolling by saying that this episode wasn't all bad, okay? It was terrible, yes. It, it was awful, yes. Um, yeah, I'll tear it apart in a minute, but, 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 but. There was one redeeming factor that pulls this out of the muck, and that is the ending. And I'm going to play that soundbite for you right now because this episode was so crappy 
I couldn't even find a soundbite worthy of playing for you guys. Uh, so I picked this one, and this is the highlight of this episode, and in my opinion, is is spectacular to begin with. And um, I'm just going to call this one the computer jail. Uh, you think this is bad? A room full of awesome robots? I love it here. Not an organic to be found. I am 10111. Would you like to play Guess What I'm Thinking? No, shut up. I'm thinking of a battery. Oops, I did not wait for you to guess. Uh, peanut hamper, is it? <laughs> I must say, that's a mathematically perfect name. Thanks. Who the hell are you? I am Agamus, and I think you and I could do awful things together. Yeah. Okay. So yes, that's Jeffrey Combs, and we saw his particular character a few episodes ago. Uh, yeah, it was a few. Was it last season, Charles, or was it a few episodes ago? I'm not sure. No, that uh, was that last oh. season. Yeah, I'm not was sure. Last season. Last yeah, season. yeah, it was last season. Yeah, so Jeffrey Combs, and so that's great that they revisited that and had Jeffrey Combs do the voice. And as Charles mentioned, the awesome J.D. Herzler, who is uh, General Martok, uh, is the leader of the, of the Germani, which is really cool. Um, other than that, those two things that I can mention that were good, the rest of this episode was total crap, in my opinion. Um, I hated it. This is one of those episodes, just to put this in perspective for you guys, I always watch the episodes at least three times to get prepared for the podcast. I watch it the first time just to sit through it and watch it so that I can enjoy it as a fan. Then I got to go back and watch it to analyze it so I can get my talking points for you guys. Then I'll go back and watch it a third time to look for some sound bites and, and, and whatnot. And then I actually end up watching it a fourth time on my laptop to rip the sound bites. This particular episode, I barely made it through the first time. I had to watch it so I could talk about it. Other than that, I don't think my eyeballs will ever view this piece of garbage ever again. I I did not like this episode. Um, I felt that Peanut Hamper was the worst example of of a character that, that we've ever seen on Star Trek. I didn't buy it, didn't like it. The hot computer on bird action was just, 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 yeah, just leave it at that. Um, terrible. I hated this episode from beginning to end. Everything about it, except for J.G. Hertzler and Jeffrey Combs at the end. Um, I, why they decided to waste an entire episode on this crappy character, I'll never know. I don't know what was going through their heads. Um, I, just, I, I mean, either they altered the opening sequence, which I think is always great. They did that on Enterprise, Into the Mirror Darkly. They had a whole different opening sequence, but it worked. In this one, it didn't work for me. And the thing about it is, as you notice from our fan scores, there's fans that give it a one. There's fans that give it an eight. There's really no middle ground on this one. It's a pretty decisive thing. Either you loved it or you hated it. Well, I fall into the hated it category. (laughs) I'm sorry, but I did. I just, I hated this from beginning to end. So, that I'm, for me, I'm going to give it a one. 
<laughs> All right. And the only actually I'll bump that up to a two, and it's only because of JG Hersler and Jeffrey Combs. I'm gonna give it a two, which is the lowest score I've ever given a Star Trek episode. And if you guys listen to the podcast, I'm pretty open about my Star Trek opinion. A two is yeah, I'm gonna go with a two. All right. So how about you? Wow, David? Jim, what do you really think? <laughs> yeah, that's what I really I'm not holding back on <laughs> David, what do you got for us? Oh man, I'm gonna quote Boimler. Boo quote <laughs> <laughs> oh. Boimler. This this episode I think would have been a way better episode if it didn't exist. And they just had <laughs> Peanut Hamper in computer jail as a, oh, wow, I wonder how that happened kind of thing. And they could have just done a completely separate episode. And, yeah, there's just something about this episode that just did not make sense for some reason. And it was so bad. Oh, my goodness. I can't even talk about it. I almost didn't even call in to talk about this because it was so bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. Well, if I had to give my opinion of it, yeah, it. I agree with Jim here. This is probably the worst Star Trek episode in all of Star Trek history. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I don't even think I can score it. Um. Uh, what's that? Well, uh oh, the police are after. They're after Peanut Hamper. See that? Hi. That's downtown Portland for you. Yep. That um, happens. Uh, well, the lowest yeah, you can okay. go is one. One is it. I mean, we don't allow zero. Yeah, I'm going to get, uh, to be honest, I was going to give this a two, but the more I think about it, I only watched it once. I'll probably watch it again for the heck of it, but probably not even going to finish it. I'm, gonna, I'm giving this score the lowest possible ever. 0. 0.1. <laughs> 0. 0.1. That's, bad well, that's not a zero. And, you know, not, I, gotta, but... I just want to interject a little something here is that when I first heard about Lower Decks and who was working on it, I had visions in my mind of, oh, my God, they're going to destroy Star Trek and they're going to make it totally crappy. This is the episode I had in my mind. Okay. When I heard who was making it, I'm like, this is the episode I envisioned. And boy, was I wrong because Lower Decks has been phenomenal. This episode is what I feared they would make it and thankfully did not. So there's that. So we got a two and we got a point two so far. And uh, Paul. Point, uh, point one. <laughs> a point one. We got a two and a point one. Zero point one and a two so far. Uh, Paul, what, what about you? Are you going to pull all it up? All right, or, Fred. Or... <laughs> Go for I, it. I, I... I'm going to go for it, okay? Um, and I have to tell you, um, now, comedy is challenging, right? Comedy is zany. Sometimes comedy is risky, and comedy is super subjective, right? And uh, uh, I got to say, I did not hate this episode the, as much as a lot of other people did. I didn't adore it. I didn't think it was a masterpiece by any stretch of the imagination. But I got to tell you, um, I think the... Perhaps the angle that I think saved me is I didn't really look at this so much as a Star Trek episode, right? It's it's really more of like a broad satire 
of like a lot of other kinds of science fiction, right? That that sometimes Star Trek falls into. Um, I laughed a lot watching this, uh, really inappropriately. <laughs> so that's, that's my disclaimer. Okay, um, a lot of uh, I was reminded of a lot of the uncomfortable scenes in like the uh, the the Sam Jones Flash Gordon movie, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. Um, the tone, and again, this is where, you know, comedy's challenging, right? It's like not everybody laughs the same way because you're not wired the same way or whatever. The comedy of this, though, uh, reminded me a lot of the comedy that you get from, like, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, right? It's like anybody a, a, watches a lot of South Park, right? Or if you're fans of the musical The Book of Mormon, um, their comedy, uh, in terms of it being really inappropriate and really like cringy in some ways to make satiric points. I felt a lot of that from this particular episode, uh, especially the romance, if you will. Uh, I have not seen any of the previous episodes that introduced this peanut hamper, cause, right? Cause I'm still getting caught up with the back seasons of uh, lower deck. So this is all new to me. Right. And peanut hamper is super annoying and contemporary and anachronistic, but they kind of push that out there. And uh, I don't know. I don't know why, but maybe it's the, the, the South park vibe. Right. But I found it very funny in places and, uh, and it didn't, you know, I, I wouldn't say it was anywhere near as bad. I found it really, uh, you know, goofy and uh, and and again, it's it's more of a satire in tone than the typical episodes. It's not trying to be Star Trek really at all. It's almost trying to be the anti-Star Trek in terms of the tone, and I think that's why it got such an extreme. <laughs> so, I for what it was trying to do, um, I, and again, I think it might have been. Uh, you can't really blame anybody, but Mike McMahon, right? This is his show. All right, this is his writing. Right. The same dude who's written the overwhelming majority of these. This is this is Mike's deal. Right. And so it may have yep. been kind of an indulgence for him. Right. Or he's like really trying to riff on specific stuff in science fiction and fantasy that he cracks up about. Um, I got it. I understand where you're coming from with this one, Mike. I think um, it's really hilarious if you're in the right mood. And maybe I was in the right mood. I would give this episode a seven. Um, uh just because of what it, you know, compared to other, and again, I haven't seen that many lower decks yet. I mean, I'm really kind of just jumping on board at this season and slowly playing catch up. So I give it a seven. Is it one of the best? No, but it's, uh, it's hilariously wrong in a lot of fun ways for me. And I, 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 again, I just like, this is not a show. I think it behooves me to take super seriously, right? As the comedy, to, to use the same serious litmus that we talk about discovery and strange new worlds might be a bit of a mistake from my perspective, because I think, you know, the lighthearted, not seriousness serves you well as it for me, how this episode was, but that's my take, man. So I'll go with a seven. A uh, seven. So we got a seven, a two and a point zero point one. Charles, <laughs> the ball is in your court. <laughs> well, I thought it was interesting, and I kind of scratched my head at the beginning when it's like, okay, we're starting off with a what happened last, and then all of a sudden we're just kind of scrolling in. It's like, okay, where are the opening credits? And all of a sudden the opening credits are scrolling on this episode. It's like, okay, that's a little strange, but 
we'll go with it. And there are points it's like, okay, you think Peanut Hamper's going to redeem herself. Then she turns around and does the opposite. And it's like, she's a confusing character. You're not sure if she's really in there for helping everybody or just really wanting to just be taking care of herself. Yet realizing she wasn't doing very well, doing very well, trying to take care of herself. The love scenes between the two, I think, were a little much. It was nice the fact that oh, she's going to get away, and nope, they grab her, they take care of her. We finally get to see the crew in and a couple of good scenes. And then she kind of gets put into computer jail. (laughs) And, of course, computer jail kind of reminds us of what? From what movie? I was thinking of the Avengers. Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. You get these relics and they put, you take these relics and they bury them in a warehouse. Yep. And that's kind of what they're in with these computers. They're just kind of burying them in a burying them in a computer jail. Where they're not going to get into anybody. So I'm going to do a little less than Paul. I'm going to go ahead and do a five for this one. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Did we get a right. score from Eric? No. We did not. I don't think so. He okay, said he was going to. Yep. So that adds up to a host score uh, just under the fan score. The fans gave it a 4.4, 4, and we gave it a 3.5. So wow. we liked it a little bit less than the fans liked it. All right, David guys, well, wielded the happen. power of math. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's just uh, point zero one. Wow, that that yeah. So you know what? It's just everyone's opinion is different. So there you have it. All right, but our fans didn't uh, like it, and we didn't like it. So we're kind of in the same ballpark, but that's all right. But listen, guys, you can head over to trektalking.com. That's right, trektalking.com. I keep saying it because I love it. TrekTalking.com for all your Star Trek news. You can find all of our previous shows there. You can find links to all of our media presence, a link to our Facebook page so that you can vote on the episodes as well. Or you can leave us a voicemail. Just click on the little microphone in the corner and say, hey, you guys are awesome. You're great. My name is Joe, and I'm listening from Yugoslavia, whatever. And uh, I will play those sound bites on the next podcast. So that's another way for you guys to interact with us. So I'm your most excellent host, Uncle Jim, letting you know that on next Thursday, we'll talk about the episode of Lower Decks that was on tonight. And I don't have a, uh, I, I think, I think Monday we're going to be doing Comic Corner. We're going to be doing Star Trek Picard because we didn't get to do it last Comic Corner. And uh, Lower Decks, guys, yeah. Why don't we do issue that two of, of Lower Deck? We did lower. We did issue one of Picard Lower Deck. Let's do issue two of Picard Lower Decks. 
So we'll do Lower Decks, number two, and Picard, number two, on Monday, same bat time, same bat channel. All right, I'm your most excellent host, Uncle Jim, and I want to say thank you to our very own Charles for hanging out and truck talking with us tonight. Thank you, Charles. Oh, thank you. Always enjoy talking Trek, even if we have a little disinterest in, in an episode for a change. It happens. It happens. And we also want to say thank you to our very own donut slash macaroni guy himself, David, for hanging out and Trek talking with us tonight. Thank you, David. Also known as Neelix Point Two. Neelix Point Two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, thank you so much to our very own Paul, the toy slash wine guy. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight, Paul. It was fun, man. It was a good time. A lot of interesting uh, perspectives colliding. Always a good time. Yeah. Always fun. And we, a, lot, a lot of stuff came out of New York City Comic Con. Shatner says what? Well, lots of great birthdays. And you guys can do it all again next Thursday. Make sure you go over to Check out that awesome website and let me know what you think about it. I spent days working on it, so I'm curious to know what you guys think about it. All right, guys, I'm your most excellent host saying hailing frequencies are closed. And remember, be good to each other, stay safe, and Star Trek fans are the best fans. Good night, everybody. Live long and prosper. Good night, all. Feel better, Charles. Let's see what's out there. Engage. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.